Everybody doing well? Man, we got some snow. It's supposed to be a little flurries. Now we got snowmageddon coming on, man. Let's bring it. So appreciate got some guys that went and grabbed some uh, salt out there for us and uh, got that taken care of. I appreciate that a whole bunch. Uh, if you have not braved the snow and you're looking at us on Facebook, everybody say what's up? Interweb. What's up, inter? Yeah. Uh, so we are, uh, we got lots of things going on. Guys, we got some new faces in this morning, the first service. I don't know what's going on with the 845 service, but it's starting to get full. Uh, 10 o'clock service is full. I don't know what's going to happen at the third service, but we're going to see what, see what's up and see what, see what happens, but it's good to see everybody. We have some, uh, new faces and some folks that maybe even haven't been here for a little bit, man. It's good to, good to see y'all on this Super Bowl Sunday. Go Eagles, right? Since we can't say Chiefs, but that's all right. Chiefs, we can say it, right? We were protesting since the Chiefs didn't get in, but um, man, hey, we got, uh, if you are if you are new or you have a prayer request or if you have an idea, hey, I want to start serving, which you might after the service, uh, after the message today, uh, that kind of thing. If you are uh, one of those folks that said, you know, I've been thinking about getting involved and that kind of thing, you don't know where to start, if you want to just put uh, even a question mark or say, hey, I'd like to serve somewhere on your Connect card, put, d- detach that, put that in the offering bucket when that passes by this afternoon. Uh, or at the end of the service, sorry, um, it, 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 we won't go that long. But we uh, we, we do want to make sure that folks uh, have an opportunity to serve in different ways, serving uh, serving the church, and and it, not even on Sunday mornings all the time. Sometimes it's during the week in some capacity, that kind of thing. So we wanted to give people plenty of opportunities to do uh, those kinds of things. You know, we have a we're a church that wants to get to know you and and know your name and know that you are known. So. If you would sign the sign-up sheet on the on the on the uh, as a, as it passes by you that you are here. Uh, what we do for s- that for several reasons is that we do want to know your name. The more times we get to know your name, it's great. Also, if there are folks that maybe haven't been here for a little while, we'd love to be able to contact and see if there's uh, things going on. Man, there are times when I've uh, I've reached out to somebody that hasn't been here for a little bit. I'm like, oh wow, I didn't realize they hadn't been here. You know, you just get so busy and get three services and all that kind of stuff. And it's incredible how many times somebody says, man, I'm struggling with this or I'm hurting in this way. Or, man, I, you know, I just wanted to, to share something really cool with you. And so we can reach out to folks and it really helps people to re-engage and reconnect in the body of believers. And so we want to make sure we do that. Also, we are in the middle of a 40-day fast, which uh, some of you are uh, joining me on and, and joining with us on. So we wanted to uh, encourage you in that. Some of you haven't, maybe haven't signed up because we still uh, through mid uh, February will be uh, fasting from uh, something. Some people like to fast for a day, so if you want to sign up for a particular day, you can go on our, our app or, or, or online, or if you want to even say, hey, next Tuesday on your uh, Connect card, I want to help, I want to join in on the fast. We are praying specifically for God's hand to continue to guide us, and I'll explain some things that are going on in our church here in just a little bit. It's really, really cool stuff, and so we want to uh, make sure we are guided in wisdom and basically have God's protective hand on us, man. It's like we don't want to do anything stupid and, and, and out of our own natural selves. We want to be guided by the supernatural God. And so we're doing that. And so also, finally, I do want to encourage you guys because I've heard uh, the first service, man, there was like a ton of trash talking going on. 
about uh, you don't even need to have a contest because my chili's going to win type of thing, you know. And so uh, it, it was like been, been really cool. So on the wall between the, the two restrooms, see if you look back at Casey, he is pointing to the, he, he's my lovely assistant today. You are quite lovely, sir. But he is uh, pointing to the wall that has all the different names on it. If you want to go to somebody's house and get to know someone, man, sign up. If you say, man, I got chili ready, man, it's the winter, man, bring it to one of those houses. What you're going to do is you're going to have a contest to determine which is the best chili at that particular, hi, girl, at that particular, <laughs> at that particular house. And you're going to have a, a contest at that particular house and in about three weeks. We're going to get the winning chilies from each of those houses, and we're going to have a community meal, and we're going to have a cook-off contest, and we're going to give somebody the biggest, gnarliest, funkiest uh, trophy of the chili cook-off that you've ever seen, and you've got to put that in a place of prominence. So it's a little bit of a risk for you, uh, but you've got to put that in a place of prominence in your house. That's the rule. I didn't make it up, right? Probably in the Bible somewhere. I don't know. Just kidding. So, but it is good to see everybody, man. And, uh, you know, right now we are finishing this series called Starting Over. Has this been helpful to you guys at all? Like, so for some of us, man, so, like, yeah, like I've had more people come to me going, man, this is uh, just remarkable how, you know, the perspective of what it means to, to give the regrets to God and let him have them and, like, actually move forward with our lives. So, man, I've been really appreciative of the feedback that we've had with this, uh, with this sermon series. It's been, been really neat. You know, because week one, we learned what it means to love our regrets, right? We learned to what it means, which is strange, because you're like, wait, why, why would I love my regrets? Well, that's part of the story that God has given you. And you have a me too story that you can reach people that I can't, that other people can't, because of your regrets that you can sometimes even share in common with other people. Uh, with week two, we learned to recognize our regrets. We learned to find out what, what it means to say, okay, I'm not going to deny this regret anymore and that is really truly the first step in overcoming what I call the paralysis of regret how many people have ever felt like I'm just paralyzed I feel like I'm stuck I feel like I'm not in God's will or I'm really not able to move forward in the in the yeah man because of, there's some things that I'm hanging on to right and all of us have gone through those kinds of things and recognizing those regrets are critical to to starting that process of ending the paralysis that we sometimes have. These are regrets of action, things that we have done. Regrets of inaction, things that we have uh, not done or we regret not having done. And regrets of, of reaction. Uh, and I have a regret sort of of reaction, but it's a re it's a reacted to something. If you guys know, I've shared with you guys different regrets I had. I was trying to impress this lady named Judy to see if I could get her to marry me by uh, eating some hot wings, thought I'd be all manly, and I just became a blubbering, snot-filled idiot, right? She married me anyway, so that might be a regret of Judy's. But uh, she, but she is, uh, but we, actually, we got a, we got an anniversary next week, 27 years, is that right? Dude, right? What? Man, no regrets, right? No regrets. But we have, uh, you know, I've shared with you different things that I've, uh, uh, I actually chemically burned a high school student that I was working with one time. He had to go home. It was probably, I don't know, hopefully he's okay because I had never heard from him again. He quit his job. Um, and then the, the last week I, or a couple weeks ago, I talked to you about the regret of setting a roof on fire when I was working on a roof. And that was, I thought I was going to die and I thought everybody else was too, but it worked out okay. I didn't die after all. So as you can clearly see. Uh, but this week I want to share with you, yeah, I, I had, uh, it's not, has nothing to do with burning or fire or anything like that. It has everything to do with being disobedient to my parents. And boy, was I 
regretful about what happened. Man, I was one time, I was about 12 years old, and me and some buddies had decided we're going to sneak out of the house. You ever done that? Two o'clock in the morning, that kind of, you go sneak out of the house, start walking the street like you're big dogs, right? Ain't nothing, right? Just walking down the street, yeah, man. Cars would come, we'd push each other in the bushes, right? We'd get out of the way, man. But, you know, I grew up in a small town, and so everybody kind of knew everybody. So I, somebody's going to call my mom if they recognize my face, right? So I just wanted to make sure I wasn't doing something, you know, like going to get in trouble or anything like that. So we'd jump up, hide behind trees when a car comes, you know, and I, like, you know, I felt like just, it was just fun, right? We were just having a good time because we were rebellious. We were like, man, this is 2 o'clock in the morning. We're out in the middle of, middle of the street here, right? And so one time this car started coming. And so we started toward the cows. We're like, okay, we got to get out of the way and everything like that. And so I tried to jump behind these bushes where there's, you ever seen one of them big old storm drains that are, uh, that are on the sides of the road and something like that? Like back, like where I grew up, man, we didn't have any safety, anything like that. It was just a big old hole in the ground, right? It was concrete filled and stuff. And so I grew up in the mountains. This is how, that's how we rolled, right? I grew up where I, we, in our street didn't have any, it had gravel when we moved in. When we got pavement, we were like, or asphalt, we were like, whoa, we're in the Star Trek land. Look at us, man. It's very cool. So, so, but there was this big storm grade. I didn't see it, right? And so I, I fell in this storm. I was like, I, it probably was not that deep but it felt like it was 10 feet down like I felt like I was just oh right well so when I did that like I scraped my arms really bad all the way up right and so I scraped it on the concrete and you ever fallen down and knocked your breath out of you you ever had the breath dude that's terrible right I thought I was dead I was like <laughs> you know I got all my buddies like hey man are you all right and I'm like <laughs> you know like somebody help me right I'm dying here and so they finally got me out. I had to walk actually out of the, because it's like 20 feet this way or so. I had to walk to where it was level ground and get out. And I'm just like, still like, oh, man. Well, I woke up the next morning, right? And I I'm, I'm just felt like I had, a, like I had, a, had somebody hit me with a truck or something. And I had all these scrapes, and they were scabbed over and everything. And I woke up that morning. I was like, oh, man, that is itching. Oh. So we're looking, and there's these little bumps that are starting to, form up in the middle of the scrapes they're pretty deep little scrapes I mean they're little, some of them are cuts and everything but I'm like oh man what the heck and so I start you know and I can't tell mama right because I'm gonna get in trouble well how'd you get that well, I, I, I don't remember well come on man so you know because if I say anything if I confess anything then I'm gonna get in real trouble so I'm starting to regret ever being disobedient to my parents at this point uh, the Bible is true and real do not be disobedient to your parents trust me right and so I'm looking at them and going oh this is bad this is bad because I'm deathly allergic to poison ivy and what happened was somebody had cut a bunch of poison ivy and threw it into this storm drain so when I fell into it I got it all in my arms and everything like that I'm probably rolling around trying to get you know uh, get my breath and stuff but I got it all in those cuts and all in that and so I couldn't say anything so I try to cover it up and try not to say anything but about three days later pus is just starting to drip off my arm and it's yeah and it's yellow and brown and green. And so like, like it's, it's bad, dude. And so I had to finally go, Mom, I think I'm in trouble. So I, I, I need some help. So we went to the doctor, and I, and, I, and, I, and I looked, and the doctor was like, okay. So, you know, he's got a poison ivory reaction. He goes, okay, I'm going to give him some ointment. And I said, no, you probably need to see this. And he looked at it, he goes, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> like he was shocked because I was, I was expecting to take a picture and put it in a textbook. Like, this is the worst case of poison ivy I've ever seen. So he gave me some really strong antibiotics. And a few days, actually a few couple of weeks later, it was pretty well getting healed up. But, I mean, I, at that point, I was like, I, I, I fully 
regretted going out and being disobedient to my parents. So what I had to do, what we learned in week three, is to release those regrets, right? So we can continue to move on. Release them to God. Release the regrets to God. Guys, we've got to let him have it. And last week, Pete brought the house down with his message. Hey, man, come on. Give it up. Where's Pete at, man? Where is he at? Dude, I'm telling you, Pete did a great job of helping us through how we can redeem our regrets, how we know. Like, he's got a story of how he's done that and been able to get through that and live beyond his regrets. He, He went over with this, the fact that God uses different people in the Bible, like Moses, who was a murderer, Ruth, who was an idol worshiper, uh, Peter, who was a boastful, uh, impulsive, and inconsistent man who cussed like a sailor, frankly, that, that God used and redeemed his regrets. And he even denied Jesus in front of people, right? And Jesus still restored him. We learned that Mary Magdalene, a prostitute, was used by God. And as we've talked in previous messages that I've told you about, that, that King David, as much as he was a man after God's own heart, was a lying, thieving, adulterous, murderous thug, frankly, that was a man after God's own heart. Like It's, it's wild to think that, that God can use those kinds of people, and yet we still will hold on to the regrets that we have and not let him have them, as if he can't handle them, right? And he's handled so much worse in the scriptures and so much more in the Bible. And today, one of the worst, I guess, committers of this whole thing against God's people is a guy named Paul, who was called Saul at first, he was a persecutor of, early, of the early Christian movement, he, and God redeemed him in, in those things. I mean, he became one of the most prolific New Testament, the most prolific New Testament writer in all of the New Testament. He wrote more than anybody else did, and we were able to learn some of the things and use some of the things. See, I think God uses sometimes the worst of the worst to show us that we don't have to live in paralysis anymore. That's a great thing, right? It's a great thing to be thinking like that. Like, we learn how to, how to give those things to God. See, today, we want to learn what it means to live beyond our regrets and get past them. And, and like, they're in, the, in, our, in our rearview mirror. See, Paul had to go through what we call that, that sorry cycle. Now, think about what Paul did. I'm going to give you a little bit of a history, and I'm going to go into, some, in the, into the book of Acts a little bit. But Paul himself, who was called Saul when he was persecuting and killing Christians. These are people that are our people from 2,000 years ago. He was killing our people. So when you're reading his writings, you can say, hey, I'm reading a writing of Paul who liked to kill my people at one point. It's kind of hard to get our, our thoughts around this. But looking back on what he did and how he gave his regrets to God, I'm sure he had to go through these sorry cycles. I'm sure once he was confronted after after killing people he was confronted by jesus on the road to damascus i'm sure he had plenty of regrets after that and probably went through this sorry cycle where he had longed to have the truth known to him before he was hurting our people and then he would have that regret and he was continually sorry and those kinds of things but he eventually got through those things the apostle paul who was once called saul and he had his name changed, either his name was Paul and Saul, or he had changed his name to Saul to reach the Gentiles at one point. Scholars are divided on that, but ultimately he was called Paul or Saul first, and then Paul afterwards in the scriptures. He had every reason to hold on to those kinds of regrets. I can't believe I hurt your people, God. 
See, I have those regrets. I have those things that I've had to deal with, too, because I used to make fun of Christians like you and me all the time, especially in college. We would surround Christians coming out of church and make fun of them. They had their little Bibles, and they were singing their little songs. We thought it was stupid, right? And yet, this is the kind of stuff that we've got to learn to give to God. And I want to tell you guys a little bit about one of my heroes named, named Stephen in the Bible. See, Stephen was a man full of Holy Spirit and powerful man in the Lord. And you know what he did in his local church? He distributed food. That's what he did. He served other people in a non-spiritual way, right? A practical way. He served people food. And he was chosen by this so that because of his powerful Holy Spirit-filled walk in his demeanor. Like it's, it's, a, it's an awesome thing. Stephen is one of my heroes because he didn't say, I'm just doing this or I'm just doing that. See, sometimes we look at, like, I want to help people. I'm just watching, or I'm just teaching kids in Kid City, or I'm just doing parking lot, or I'm just working in the coffee area, or I'm just handing out bullets. Guys, listen, the people that did stuff like that in the, in the, in the, in the 2,000 years ago in the New, New uh, Testament church were powerful people in the Lord. You're, you're aligning yourself in a lot of ways with those folks, amen? Like, think about that, man. Do not be afraid to step into something. So if you want to serve somewhere, please do. we got plenty of places to serve, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week as well. But this is ma a man that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so as he's going through some people that saw him, that were the religious types that Saul slash Paul was at the time, they saw him and they captured him and they said, you're going to be put on trial. And Stephen, in Acts 6 and 7, gives the longest speech in all of the book of Acts. He's credible. A guy that distributes food is given the longest speech, has more to say than anybody in the book of Acts. This is amazing. It's an amazing thing, right? And so what he does is he goes from essentially Genesis to where he is now and he says, hey guys, Here's what you did, you religious people. You killed just about everybody that came in the name of the Lord. You persecuted them. You, you killed them. And Saul was part of those same people that he is yelling at. Listen to what happens in, uh, in Acts 7, starting in verse 51. He says, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are always resisting the Holy Spirit. Guys, do not resist the Holy Spirit. As your ancestor di ancestors did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? Listen to this. this. Man, this dude is bold. You're talking about guys that are surrounding him that are about to hurt him in a lot of ways. He don't care. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's like, I'm about to take it down, right? This is awesome. See, sometimes we think being filled with the Holy Spirit means we got to be all calm and relaxed and chilled out and, and just go to, like, got to live like a, like, a, like a real peaceful person. Maybe sit our legs in a lotus position, put our hands like that, burn some incense and stuff like that. And these guys were warriors. They fought for the Lord. Amen? You with me on that? Like, like this is a spiritual war we are fighting, and God is using his people to do that. They even killed those, is what he said, who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. He just laid it out for him, right? He said, you've basically killed the Messiah. You received the law under the direction of angels and yet have not kept it. 
When they heard these things, they were enraged. Yeah, I bet they were. Who is this guy? This guy don't do nothing but distribute food in the church. He gonna gonna talk to us like that? Man, we got degrees here. We've been, we've been, we've been like everybody in the whole town thinks we're great. Everybody thinks we're all that, and and they call us, uh, give us great seats at the banquets and all that kind. This guy is gonna talk to us like that? Who does he think he is? When they heard these things. They were enraged in their hearts and gnashed their teeth at him. I don't know what gnashing, but I imagine it's something like, ah! I, somebody knows what gnashing teeth is, just let me know, man. Because I went, wait, excuse me. But Stephen, filled by the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw God's glory with Jesus. Everybody circle this word in your bulletin or write it in your bulletin, but, but highlight it, underline it, star it, whatever. Like he saw, like filled with the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw God's glory with Jesus standing, standing, like at the right hand of God. Now, before we go to the next thing, he's standing. What the heck is going on here? Every other place where Jesus is at his throne, he has said, "I am seated with my Father on my throne." Here he is after what. Stephen just said to the religious people who should have known better, here's Jesus getting up off his throne and going, Hallelujah! Amen! That's my boy! That's my boy! That food distributor, the guy that's serving in the church, that's my boy filled with the Holy Spirit. Tell him, Stephen, because they got to know this. It's incredible to me. No other place is Jesus ever depicted as standing except for right there in honor of a guy who serves food in the church. Filled with the Holy Spirit he is. But Stephen filled with the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw God's glory with Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing. They knew what he was talking about at the right hand of God. Then they screamed at the top of their voices, covered their ears, and together rushed against him. This was a powerful warrior for the Lord, right? And they threw him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul, who we read today who becomes one of our brothers, but at this point was one of the most murderous people of the Christian movement at the time. They were stoning Stephen as he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. He's praying for those guys that are killing him. And we want to hold on to our regrets and hold on to our unforgiveness over things that, that I don't think anybody's killed us yet, right? And saying this, he, he fell asleep. And this powerful instrument, warrior, servant for the Lord, Paul killed him and supported the killing. And after this, he went from place to place to place to place, killing, throwing in prison, beating other Christian followers of Jesus. He was on his way to a place called Damascus, and this is where he's thirsty for the blood of Christians. 
the blood's in the water, and he's getting more and more energy and more and more stamina out of this and more and more pats on the back. Man, you killed another one. That's awesome. It's fantastic, right? And he's moving from town to town, and on his way to a place called Damascus, he is confronted by Jesus himself, who says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing this? See, I read that sometimes, and I'm like, that's me. I've done that to you, Jesus, right? I mean, I've had to give some of these regrets to him. He was, as a result, was blind for several days, and uh, some of the folks that were directed to take him to a guy named Ananias, and in Acts 22, Paul is recounting this, this event to some of the Christians and, he, and some of the Hebrew folks, and he's saying, so, he says, someone named Ananias, a, a devout man according to the law, having good reputation with all the Jews residing there, came and stood by me and said, brother, brother? Brother, so what? This is, this is God's stuff, guys. We don't do this naturally. What we don't call somebody that kills our brothers and sisters is a brother of our own, right? But he says, Brother Saul, regain your sight. And at that very hour, Paul says, I looked up and I saw him. Then he said, the God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear the sound of his voice. For you will be a witness for him to all the people of what you have seen and heard. Listen to what he says now. And now why delay? Get up and be baptized. And wash away your sins by calling on his name. Listen to this verse very carefully. Because a lot of people use this verse to say that you have to be baptized to be saved. That's not what it says. It says get up and be baptized and wash away your sins not by being baptized but by calling on his name. Catch that? Getting wet doesn't save you. But getting wet is an indicative of your salvation. It, it, let me explain some of this here. Baptism is not a step of salvation. It's not a, it's not a thing where you say, well, I've got to get baptized to be saved. Baptism is a step of obedience. It's a result of being saved. It's like, I recognize what God has done. I'm going to show everyone and make a public proclamation of his name by being baptized in his name of the, of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. See, Paul was probably baptized before. A lot of people don't know that, but he was probably baptized in the name of his, probably a guy named Gamaliel, who was his rabbi, most likely. They, they, I mean, that, this is how they did it. They baptized people in their name, but not in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So here's Paul probably having the whole argument. Dude, I've done been baptized. And, and here's Ananias going, dude, do not wait. And I just want to let you guys know the baptism waters are ready, but I don't have extra change of clothes. I will walk to Walmart to get your clothes if I have to. What's that? Dude, I know. If I had to, if it didn't start. Understand something, guys. Some of us are resisting. We've been saved, but we I don't know about that. I don't know. Listen, every every person in the scriptures that came to know Jesus, except for the thief on the cross who said, uh, and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's why I say baptism is not necessarily uh, essential for salvation, but it's a result of it. It's an evidence of it. See, we don't have to be baptized to be saved. Those who are saved don't have to be baptized. We get to be baptized. It's an honor to say, I call on the name of Jesus and I wash, I have my sins washed away. Not by the water 
not by getting wet, not by taking a bath in a jacuzzi or a river or a lake, but by publicly proclaiming his name. I belong to Jesus now. And part of that, for a lot of us, we're stopped, we're not doing those kinds of things because we are resistant because of our regrets. Guys, it's time to deal with them and let them go and let God have them. See, how, how often do we get in the way of our regrets? How often do we, do, we, do we just resist and say, man, in essence, Lord, my standards are higher than yours. I can't let this go. And he's like, I got this. He's like, it's not he's going to be surprised by it. Oh, yeah, man, I, I realize you had that regret. Didn't see that one coming. No, man, he knows, right? It's just time to let him have it so we can move on. Here's some steps I want us to be able to take. Step number one is we have to first learn to love our regrets. And that's crazy. That doesn't make come naturally. But we've got to learn to love this, right? We've got to say, this is part of my story, and I can reach people with this that some other people can't. And we've got to learn to recognize our regrets. Sometimes they're hidden and veiled. Like we've got to be able to expose them in our own hearts and let God have those. And, and we need to reflect on those things with some trusted friends and reflect on those things with, with God, Right? We need to learn to release our regrets. Keep going on this scripture here. Let's, let's go down here. We've got to reflect those things with God. And we've got to plan for release, don't we? We've got to make it. We can't just say, okay, God, I'm up. No, we're going to make some plans. Like, how am I going to pray? What am I going to read? Who am I going to be with when it comes to releasing those regrets? And then finally, we're going to share with trusted friends our plan so that they can hold us accountable to these things. Some of you kind of see this is kind of like the learning circle for some of you uh, discipleship freaks in the house. Yeah, man, we got this, right? And finally, man, we're going to release and redeem those things to God, and we're going to let God have them. See, because if we're stuck in that sorry cycle, right? We're stuck in it. We're stuck in it because we're longing for making it right. Let's make it right. Let's recognize. Let's talk to some people about it. Let's reflect those things with God. Let's make a plan. Let's share that plan with people. Redeem those things to God. Let him do that and move on so we can fight this battle together. Amen? That's what it's about. That's what it's about. No longer are we going to hold on to these things because, well, nobody understands. God understands. If anybody tells you in here, I totally understand what you're going through. No, they don't. They don't, but God does, right? And that's the thing we've got to understand. He's got it. He's got the power. Nobody else can handle it, but he's going to use his word, his Holy Spirit, and his people help us through these regrets and get through these and so that we can live a life of victory that has already been claimed amen father we love you and we're amazed at what you have done and we're amazed at who you are i can't imagine lord the regrets that paul had to have with people that he had persecuted Imagine, I, I just sometimes sit and I wonder about the conversations that people in the church had to have with Paul saying, you killed my friend. You hurt people that I love and know. I heard what you did, Paul. And so from both sides of that equation, Paul had to learn to give the regrets away. And our people that were victimized by Paul had to learn to give those regrets away forgiveness and reconciliation and then they move forward and we're still reading about it today lord you are good and powerful and you take our regrets and you can do something with them that nobody else can 
May we release those things because we don't have enough power in ourselves anyway. And we thank you, Lord, for these wonderful, awesome, and amazing things that you have given us, for the opportunity, for the grace upon grace upon grace to be able to give regrets to you and you to take them and use them for your glory. It's in your son's precious and holy and amazing name we pray. Everybody in the house said, Amen.